I said stop it, goddammit! You know I'm fucking ticklish! Insensitive, I fucking swear. <sighs> Alright, so. This is me. This is my voice on microphone. Is that test enough? I guess we'll see. Hey, you. Yeah. Yeah, you. You're the one. I got a question. What's in a name? I mean, a far better mind than mine was the first to pose this question in such a wonderfully powerful, poetic prose and pantometer. I'm not going to lie, I'm not, like, super familiar with this particular scribe. I'm pretty sure his name was, like, um, like, Billy Shakes a Stick or something. England sure is a magical temperate peninsula where the white Russians flow like chocolate Russians and the world-famous ice-dancing peacocks of the Amazon can finally retire in the comfort they so dearly deserve. Back to just what these name thingies are all about. I believe the original query was posed pertaining specifically to a quandary of roses. Much more specifically, wondering if they had, like, been named something along the lines of, I don't know, like, stink plant that reeks of garbage and truthfully just doesn't have a very pleasant odor. Could we still possibly smell that sweet, sweet, fine-ass rosy goodness? My hypothesis? Yeah, probably. I guess. Sorry, that's the best I got. How could you feign to know an answer to a question that has no grounding in this reality? You can't possibly know what it would be like to know a rose by another name because a name given is a name not forgotten. It can only be attempted to be altered. Um, exactly like the time in fifth grade where I, and this is 100% truth, no bullshit, tried without a single shred of irony to convince everyone in school I was to be referred to as Robin Hood from now on. Well, just as try as you might, you can never truly forget that you know damn well a rose is a rose. I can never forget that fifth graders can be complete and utter fucking pricks just because you pick the raddest name they've ever heard of and are a bunch of jealous fucking babies. I think the point that I've taken a painfully long and personally tragic road to arrive at is that really, even though you can never escape a name... It's totally up to you whether you give a shit or not. I mean, sometimes a UFO can really just be swamp gas or a dog in a funny hat that's too far away to make out clearly. Sometimes a conspiracy really is that you're just paranoid or really, I guess most of the time, you're just a bit too shy to call bullshitters crazy to their faces. And sometimes murder can be a crack in the sidewalk that like, somehow came to life and like bought a gun and like, I don't know, like planned for weeks to shoot that son of a bitch that keeps blaming it for the mothers of the world's back problems. I'm talking about you. And, you know, like right when he sees you come and he gets too nervous and like he can't go through with it. But then your friend that's driving down the street that you hadn't noticed till like after his car passed, uh, like he sticks his head out the window and calls you a few too many insensitive slurs, including one that you think might only refer to a specific kind of fish that's only found off the coast of Nova Scotia. Like, but he does it like he like yells it at you. And when you turn your head to see that jerk and so you can, you know, daydream about all the witty comebacks, you could totally have yelled back at him like, like, oh man, it's like, could have. But then you trip on the crack in the sidewalk and you fall and you crack your melon on the pavement before you. 
And like the split second after your tasty melon bites the dust before having its time to bring all the joy to all the neighborhood kids and shit, then your fucking head hits too. Then super rare stamps and old board game pieces or whatever the fuck's in human heads just goes everywhere. Now, the horrified, senient sidewalk stress fracture cries out to the cold, dead night, just why? Why? Has my own insecurity left me uncaring of another sentient being's right to exist? And then the fucking cops get there, and they find out that the crack had, like, previous beef with you. And then, like, they find out that it bought a gun just days prior. And, like, no matter how much it pleads for the detective to just fucking listen and understand, all the detectives will say in return is that he's the one that needs to understand. Understand that he'll hang for what he's done. Well, this episode is a case of one of those sometimes, I guess. The times where a cool, specific podcast name that no awesome dude can claim that he created just, like, all by himself or whatever. It can be, like, it can be an umbrella to all kinds of crazy shit. A sanctuary of the dark, of the unexplained, and of the just plain fucking weird and gross. There's 52 ways to murder anyone. One or two are the same, and they both work as well. I'm coming clean for Amy Julie doesn't scream as well And the cops won't listen all night And so maybe I'll be over Just as soon as I feel them rolling Hey, I'm Jason Rambo And I'm Chris Barrios Giggling And you're listening to See no, hear no, speak no. UFOs, conspiracies, and the moida. The moida. The moida. This week, this week's episode is about Anatoly Yurovich Moskvin, who is better known locally as the Nitsny Novgorod Necropolis. That, that sounds Necro- like a necropolis. Sounds like a mouthful of beet hearty borscht. It, it's. Oh, man. That's a lot to oh, say. Oh, God. See, now I'm fucking hungry. <laughs> she did to me. All right. So, so, it makes so you we, shit red and freak the fuck out if you've never had, like, a lot of beats in one sitting before. This scares oh the shit God. out of you. Make you call I, your doctor. Or, or your... I don't... I don't know if I've ever had a beat. Or your unsuspecting... No. ...girlfriend no. or fiancé who totally doesn't want to look at... <laughs> Oh man. So anyway, this it. this being this technically being the uh the fourth episode, uh we figured it was maybe about time as far as our subject matter and our dealing with and of the subject matter that we should maybe put a disclaimer up at the uh at the top of the episode just to give people a chance if uh they think this is going to be too much for them to uh get out while the getting's good. So basically, uh you know, we're we're a comedy show, and we talk about some really heavy shit. Heavy shit. Um, and we we don't really ever shy away from laughing at said heavy shit. But we will never, ever, ever, ever laugh at the victims of these crimes themselves. Unless they've done something just astonishingly, astonishingly stupid. So, I mean, you just keep it in your head that the, our motto, the motto of this show is... That we may be terrible people, but we are not monsters. 
and we will keep to that as a promise. I hate hiding underneath so, beds. I, I really don't prefer closets. Like, I may be a voyeur from time to time, but, I, you know, I, I don't lurk. I don't lurk. If okay, I I'm going to... I'm going to get this switched up nice and quick. So, Chris, you said you were telling me earlier that uh, that since, you know, I, I have a Russian, uh, I was about to say serial killer. This dude didn't kill anybody. I have, a, uh, you know, a, a story from Russia this week that uh, that you just did a quick search for, like, US, UFOs in Russia and you found something kind of cool. Yeah, man, uh, I thought I remembered you saying that, that this whole thing um, either came to light or went down in uh, 2011. So I was just checking shit out for, you know, to encompass the the one, well, the other main topic of our, you know, subtitle there. I mean, we've done murders and now we've done something that was kind of a cult, kind of, you know, mythological, right, right. but it wasn't a conspiracy or a UFO. So, you know, I figure we'll, we'll throw in a little... We'll get to them, yeah, but, yeah, but I hear you. We'll, a, yeah. a little tidbit. And and I found something pretty cool, actually, that uh, in Russia, in Moscow, there was a, uh, a protest. Uh, there was a shit ton of people, too, man. I, it was, uh, what does it say... I think it says it was like 15,000 people or something like that. Um, That's a pretty good shit ton, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Oh, no, sorry. Uh, even more. 25,000 people. So, anyway, um, in the middle of Bolotnaya Square, uh, there's a protest against Putin's party uh, winning all the, the this election and this uh, bunch of elections, I guess, because it, it has right. it, it's I, pluralized. I but, uh, anyway, right. so... Uh, in the middle of the protest, instead of yelling and screaming, they were all distracted by this thing floating in the sky that almost looked like it had um, propellers, but they were like bent upward the way the picture looks. It, it's really interesting. Uh, but, but it was hovering in the sky above the protest, which, uh, you know, to me goes out to say yet again that, of course, they're interested in our... Um, in our politics and what's happening. They're, of course, they're interested in what's about to happen. They may even know what's about to happen. But uh, the funny thing to me about this whole thing is that, that the article actually goes on to say that um, there's a, a paranormal writer, his name is Markle, Michael Cohen. Sorry, Markle. <laughs> mm -hmm. uh, who said that NASA recently admitted that there's a good chance aliens are monitoring our civilization through the use of unmanned probes. Now, I don't know if that particular statement is true or not. I, I can't imagine NASA doing all the things that they've been doing that we'll eventually get to. Um, and then coming out and saying something as direct as that. Yeah, but um, I, I don't. I don't see how that guy typed so well through mitts made a... <laughs> now, there's a few there's, there's a few clerical errors in this in this article but um you know it i know that it has neat, been uh, it, it is, it, is neat. it has been speculated by several different types of parties on this subject that yeah of course the one of the main things and uh, just like what we would do why why would we send a man 
craft if we can send an unmanned craft to do the same job and not Very put uh, one of our people in harm's way. So, you know, I, I think that's pretty cool. It, it, either way, it, it stuck around for a good long time during that protest and, uh, and was on the news and all that fun stuff. So... Cool shit. Yeah, you, you did send me. You did send me the video, and I am a, a terrible friend and co-host because I just did not look at it yet. <laughs> but I'm gonna check it out, like literally, seriously, as soon as as soon as, soon as this is over, because that does sound really cool. And I love, uh, I love, uh, not undisputable because you'll never find a piece of undisputable evidence, almost ever. But really hard to dispute video evidence you know especially when you have 25,000 people that see this shit above their heads you know while somebody else is, is filming it that that's hard to be like no it was a weather balloon and, and this you know, is 2011 so this is before uh most normal person normal people had uh you know drones flying around everywhere doing dumb shit um True. so yeah, man, the, the, this is the video itself is fairly blurry, so you know don't don't get your hopes up over something right awesome. But at the same time, yeah, that that is one of the things that about it is that it's so many people were witness to this all at the same time, including uh, a world official and his whole entourage. Oh, gotcha, you gotcha. know, <clears throat> so and, and we we talked about that before, not on here, but how. The, the ones that have, you know, uh, a government or uh, police or military, uh, you know, saying, no, we saw that shit. You know, that just makes it so much more interesting because there's they're the people that say, no, you're crazy. That's not what you saw. And, and they're saying, I saw it. They're also so, the ones who yeah. have the most to lose and the least to gain from. Exactly. Unless they, I don't know, they're. they're uh, disability? Is that it? <laughs> no? Section 8? I don't know. Okay. I don't know. Too much. So, we'll, we'll, we'll very, do it later. Very cool. Very cool. Very cool. And um, when we have something that we can post links on, I'm sure we'll we'll try and do that. Uh, but fuck it, you know how to use Google. Like, check it out yourself, people. Indeed. Lazy. I mean, God. Okay. So we're gonna start out with a little uh, background here about uh, the the city of uh, Nizhny Novgorod. I'm God. I hope I'm saying that right. <laughs> So, uh, uh, colloquial, colloquially, oh, that fucking word. <laughs> I mean it, that word. Uh, I love saying it. I hate reading it. Okay, so the word I just said, uh, the city is usually known as, uh, just Nitsni. Uh, it's, uh, 180 square miles across, um, it's the administrative center of Volga Federal District and Nitsni Novgorod Oblast in Russia. And the place was founded uh, and became a city-state in 1221. So the place is old. Pretty old. Very old. Um, it was called uh, Nitsni from its founding all the way to 1932 when uh, it became the Soviet Union. And then it was known as Gorky. Gorky. <laughs> Which sounds like a, uh, I don't know, like a, like a fun 80s robot movie. Like with... Um, What's his name from Honey, I Shrunk the Kids? Uh, yeah, he's in it for uh, sure. Rick anyway, that's the one. I love that that's guy. The one. Darth Helmet. You gotta love him. They both, though, they both remind, uh, just immediately reminded me of uh, uh, Monty Python's Quest for the Holy Grail and the Knights Who Say Knee. 
You mm-hmm. know how later on in the movie yeah. they, oh, God. We well, then no you're gonna, the Knights who say me. We are now there, yeah, the That's going to be popping in your head a lot. <laughs> so... So it, it was known as Gorky, uh, which it was named after a uh, like a famous writer that was born there named uh, Max Maxim Gorky. I don't know why I had so much problem with Maxim. A famous because writer? Of really apprehensive. Yeah, famous writer named Maxim Gorky. Mm-hmm. Uh, so from 32 to 90, when uh, the Soviet Union fell, it was known as Gorky. Now it's back to Nitsny. Um, it is like the most important economic, cultural, scientific, educational, and transportational center in all of Russia. Good Lord. So like this, it's it's only the fifth, I mean, I say only, uh, I mean, fifth largest place in Russia is huge. But, you know, it's probably, if not the most important, one of the most important. Um, more specifically, the uh, the, there's this, it's part of this giant, I mean, Every piece of research I found <clears throat> would only describe this area as vast, which tells me that it's like it's just super fucking big. Oh, but it's called the vast. Uh, that's for sure. It's called the uh, the the Volga Vietka uh, economic region, okay. and it's like the main heart of that. Um, it's the main center of all river tourism in Russia, wow. which sounds kind of weird, but it's like a, a big port. Um, uh, like the the historic area of the city has like tons of universities, theaters, museums, and churches. Like just to break that down a little more, it has two hundred municipal and regional art and culture institutions, including eight theaters, five concert halls, ninety seven libraries. Good lord! I wrote here, holy fucking fuck, ninety seven three exclamation points. Okay. 17 movie theaters, five of them just for children. Wow. 25, opti- 25 optional children's educational institutions. Eight museums, but if you include, like, branches of museums, uh-huh. 16 museums. And seven parks. Um, during the Soviet era, era um, it was an important industrial area, uh, mostly because of the Gorky auto plant uh, that... It, it was called the Gorky auto plant, which... I really don't like the name Gorky at all. <laughs> but, um, like, that that plant was so important that the city became known as the Russian Detroit, which I don't know how That's happy they'd be about that gross. today. But back then, that was like a badge, you know? Um, during World War II, um, the plant was bombed by the Luftwaffe, like, just day and night the entire war because it was the biggest provider of uh, military equipment to the front line. Um, and then what's funny, I mean, I, not, it's not funny, but what's crazy is that the, like, most of the German bombs that landed on the city landed on the auto plant, like, destroying most of the major machinery. machinery. Oh, wow. But the locals, after it being decimated, the locals came together and rebuilt the plant in 100 days, which is just, you know, Russian numbers and ingenuity and just getting shit done, you know? <clears throat> so, Impressive. and another... Another weird, interesting thing about the city is that it was a closed city for the entirety of the time it was under the Soviet Union. So no, it was like North Korea is now. No in, no out, closed city. Um, and the Kremlin is located there. I didn't know that till I started reading up on this stuff. Uh, all, all the uh, main government agencies and uh, the Fed district and stuff is there. 
Uh, the Kremlin was constructed in 1500 through 1511, uh, but the original Kremlin was destroyed by the Bolsheviks, um, and the only ancient part of it left is the tent-like Archangel Cathedral, which was built in 1624 through 31. The people of uh, Nitzni are are called uh, like there's a, a masculine and feminine for their names as well. Uh, so males there would be uh, Nitzni Goratz, Nitzni Goradets, and the females are uh, Nitzni Goradian. Huh. So there you go, and it's <clears throat> about 400 kilometers east of Moscow. The populace in 2011 was 1,250,619. That is way down from where it was in 1989, the last year of the Soviet Union. Well, not way down, but a bit, like 187,000 difference. It was uh, 1,438,133. So they lost 100,000 people since 1990. Well, it can't be due to our guy because he said he didn't kill anybody, right? Correct, correct. He just found the ones that were already dead. And then had a little fun. Hmm. So, hmm. instead of my regular, how much did everyday bullshit cost corner, since this was just 2011, but we're in a different country, I'm going to do, uh, you know, how much did everyday Brietzivikobuli cost? <laughs> oh, you have no idea how hard it was to do that. <laughs> oh, my God. <sighs> That that's bullshit in Russian people. That was okay. That was intense. Brett Sivi Kobuli. That's it. There you go. Awesome. That sounded a lot better. Uh, oh too. man. Oh yeah, because I was. Uh, I, but the first time I read it, I was like, I didn't even know what I was reading. Okay, so uh, super quick through this because I got a lot of information to get to. So like a three course meal for two at like a, a decent restaurant would cost you uh, one thousand five hundred twenty ruble, which would be twenty five sixty nine American. Uh, like a meal at McDonald's, meal at McDonald's, three hundred ruble, five bucks American. Um, gallon of mi- gallon of milk, two hundred two thirty one ruble, three forty two us. Loaf of bread though, twenty seven twelve ruble, forty six cents for us. And this is two thousand eleven prices. Um, and then you, you asked me about smokes the last time. Uh-huh. For them, for a pack of Marlboro Reds, like it's it's specified, they would pay one hundred and fifteen rubles. Which is equal to a dollar ninety four. Oh wow! And yeah, that's like way less. Yeah. So uh, and then and then a uh, like a Volkswagen Golf or like a you know equal kind of car is one million one hundred thirty nine thousand ruble, which is nineteen grand to us. Their gas two forty four for us. A movie seat four twenty three. And then, just because it was neat, a three-bedroom apartment in the city center. The rent for a month for them would be 35562 ruble. For us, that would be $601 for a three-bedroom apartment in the center of the freaking city. Oh, shit. <laughs> they get off yeah, easy it's, it's for crazy. that. Mm-hmm. And the movies. <laughs> shit. Yeah. And, like, it, it's... Those prices just amaze me because it is this huge, important area. You know, like that's where industry and knowledge and all this education, it's all there. That's but, a hot spot. There's a lot you know, of shit. But I mean, I, I guess the, you know, the Russian average pay isn't great. So maybe this is great pay in Russia. But I mean, who knows? I'm not Russian. I don't know any 
um, and I didn't care enough to go that far down. <laughs> so, <clears throat> let's get to Anatoly Yorovik Moskvin. I'm super who, excited. Like I said, I'm going to get it right this time, was better known locally as the Nitsni Novgorod Necropolist. Necropolist. Because the thing about this dude here, right? He... Okay, we'll get to it very shortly, very shortly, very shortly. There's a reason. So, he was born uh, September 1966, uh, September 1st, um, and he was a Russian academic and linguist. So, linguist. why is it that the smartest people are, like, just the bat shittiest? A linguist at that. Dude, he knew, like, Interesting. Like, thir- like, 13 languages. That's, wrote books. That's awesome. We'll, we'll get to it. So, like, let's start with his, like, personal kind of background story, personal shit. Um, he lived on Lenin Avenue in Nitsni Novgorod, which is the fifth largest city in Russia, mm-hmm. uh, where he claims he would roam the cemeteries with other boys his age when he was a kid. Um, in particular, they would visit the Kreshnaya Etna Cemetery located in the Leninsky District. And um, in an article that he wrote, like real, like right before he was arrested, uh, he had explained where his interest in the dead had come from, and he attributed it to um, when he was a kid. He saw a funeral procession for an 11-year-old girl, and um, and he said that the mourners or bystanders, or whatever. I mean, like the the research I found said participants, but like I don't. That, is that mourners or just people kind of chilling by the anyway? So. The participants of this 11-year-old girl's funeral uh, forced him to kiss the dead girl's face. Oh. He claims, he claim, Muskvin claims, and this is a, a direct quote, an adult pushed my face down to the waxy forehead of the girl in oh. an embroidered cap, and there was nothing I could do but kiss her as ordered. Well, I guess he was a participant. <laughs> Who? Oh, my God. Maybe it's like... Maybe, I, maybe I, I mean, there was nothing... There was, Absolutely nothing I could do. I mean, they they pushed my head very lightly against this dead girl. What was I supposed to do? Not kiss her? That's whack. Uh, maybe they're like <laughs> extras in a movie, though. Like you know, when the when the family doesn't have enough people to make it look like people gave a shit about. Yeah, whoever maybe. Died, yeah, because like, you know what? How is that the only thing I didn't think of? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Like, why would this family force this strange kid to kiss their dead eleven-year-old relative? Right? Huh. A participant. He's just like, he's a stand-in. Hmm. Right. Like, we, need a, we need a weird little Russian kid here. <laughs> Go ahead and stick I'm sure there's plenty of those around. <laughs> right? Pretty sure every Russian kid is a weird little Russian kid. I so, don't doubt that. Uh, <laughs> so Moskvin, uh, he, like I said, this dude was ridiculously, I'm not going to say smart, but I'm going to say learned. Um, he attended the... Uh, now, I asked a bunch of people how to pronounce this word, because I, as many words as I know and, and see, I've never, ever seen this word. Uh, philological. Philological. That's a, uh, philological. P-H-I-L-O-L-O-G-I-C-A-L. Okay. So, he attended the philological faculty of Moscow State University. What the crap is and, philological, uh, though? <clears throat> philological. I, dude... All right. Do your thing. It's something about something about languages. I think. Do your thing. Um, After he graduated, um, 
he became like super well known in like a bunch of different academic circles. Um, his favorite areas to study were Celtic history and folklore and languages and, and linguistics. I guess languages and linguistics are different. Um, he also had a serious, like, like a super fucked up interest in the occult, cemeteries, death, and burial rites. Hmm. Um, he had a personal library of over 60,000 books. Wow. <clears throat> uh, well, 60,000 books and documents, um, as well as, like, a, like... A scary big, like a, like a, a middle-aged sexless housewife from the 90s beanie baby size collection of dolls. Good. Like, Good he had dolls, man. Um, and then, like, just other smart people, they they would just be like, oh, yeah, he's a genius. I mean, he's a little eccentric, you know, but, but dude is a genius. Eccentric. Um, he made up the word yeah. for, uh, for, for his entire school. He's a little more than eccentric. Yeah. Philological, by the way, according to dictionary.com, is not a word. Well, many Russian websites told me it was. <laughs> oh, I believe Russians think it's a word, but uh, okay. yeah, it must mean something. See, now, now I'm just I'm shitting my pants that I'm going to be like hardly, harshly corrected. Anyway, <laughs> no, you're good. so <laughs> as an as an adult, um, he um, it, this is. No surprise. He led a secluded life. Uh-huh. He never married. He never married or dated. <clears throat> instead, preferring to live with his parents, well into his fifties. Um, wow. He, he never drank alcohol, smoked, or ever had sex. Purportedly, still a virgin. Wow. Yeah. That's- so that that's his his basic where he came from and who he is background. Well, but, that's certainly <clears throat> saying something all by itself. That's saying a lot, actually. Right. Like I but I like I the the reason this dude really you know, encaptures my imagination isn't and then this is one of the weirdest sentences I've ever said in my entire life, isn't just because he dug up twenty six girls and made them into dolls that he stored in his tiny apartment that he shared with his elderly parents. Twenty six It's that it's that he was <laughs> it's that he was a certified genius. This dude was smarter than everyone I've ever known or will know put together times 10. So, I want to go like a little bit into his career and some of his, you know, other learning and stuff like He's that. A so, graveyard decathlon. <laughs> Wait, not that dude Wait till you hear his uh, his graveyard stories. Oh my um, so he was uh, a former lecturer in Celtic studies at Nitsni Novgorod Linguistic University. Uh, he also worked at the Institute of Foreign Languages. Um, he was a linguistand polygot who spoke 13 languages. Uh, he wrote several books, papers, and translations. I will kind of wow. touch on some of those, more, some of the more interesting ones he, he worked on. Uh, and everything he did is like super well known in academic circles not just in Russian circles um, he also occasionally worked as a journalist and he contributed like super regularly to a local newspaper and just different other little local publications uh, he, wow. he, he was self described as a necropolist um, he called himself that I mean like that's if you got that's all of that going what on what this dude is and digging up dead girls you don't really have a lot of time for dating or 
you know, right, hanging out with, right. with the homies or anything like that. That that like, that doesn't leave a lot of spare time. And then th- this is just kind of like self-explanatory, but he was considered by other experts to be the expert on local cemeteries. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Which you know is is no surprise. Wow. So in two thousand five. Uh, this other super duper smart guy, uh, Oleg uh, Ryabov, I guess. Um, he was he's a, a publisher. Uh-huh. He commissioned Moskvin to uh, to summarize and list the dead in more than seven hundred cemeteries in forty regions of the Nizhny Novgorod Oblast. Um, Moskvin claimed to have gone on foot to inspect seven hundred and fifty two cemeteries across the region from two thousand five. To 2007, Whoa. walking up, walking up to 18 and a half miles a day, and during these walks, he would drink from puddles in the cemetery, spend nights in haystacks and abandoned farms, or sleep in the cemeteries themselves. Even going so far as to spend the night in a coffin that was being readied for a funeral the next day. Uh, that's, <sighs> that's a bit like, much. I mean, you got to admire the dedication, I guess, but. My goodness! This is exhausting. This dude is exhausting. Yeah, he's wearing he me did out. More, just listening, dude. He did more in those two years for the hobby that he loves than I've done in a lifetime. I, I'm saying, yeah. For I mean, aside from all the school, all the schooling, and just right. hours and hours and hours of studying and all that shit. Good lord, I, I gotta say, I, it's 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 crazy. I'm impressed. That's crazy. I'm very impressed. All right, so he also claims that on his extensive travels that, like, the police would stop him constantly on suspicion of, like, uh, like vandalism of the graves and, sure. like, theft. But he also says, and, I mean, there's no record of it, so he must be telling the truth that he was never arrested or punished in any way. Um, the, the, the article that he was writing... You know, doing all that stuff to write the article for that guy's publication, uh, is, it's never been published, um, but it's been described as, uh, it's been described by Alexei Yesin, uh, who is uh, an editor of a, ma- of a magazine called The Necrologies. Huh. It's a, uh, a weekly paper that Moskvin uh, regularly contributed to. Uh, he describes his about dead paper shit. as... Yeah, basically, uh, he describes his paper as unique and priceless. Okay. Those are quotes. That guy said, oh, you can quote me on that. It's unique and priceless. All righty, then. Oh, my God. The it's dude, especially he priceless had dead now. Bu- oh. So after uh, Moskvin's arrest, um, uh, Yesen stated that he was confident that there had been a mistake and Moskvin would soon be exonerated because he's like... Uh, you know, he's a loner. He has certain quirks, but, you know, he never gave any indication that he was up to anything weird. Right. Really? Never. Really? Never. Never. No, this <laughs> dude that used to sleep in coffins and drink out of cemetery puddles. Never. No, there's, like, he's never done anything out of the ordinary. I mean, Drinking we've all literally done that before. Cemetery puddles. This oh, is God. like. The- I'm picturing a fucking dude with the little fucking propeller on his hat and his little crazy twisty straw frolicking through the fucking cemetery drinking fucking puddle water, you know, (laughs) bathing with the birds and shit. Like, what? 
What oh my god, fuck? yeah. No, that that is a very apt description. But I also see a like one of those like cartoon smart guy giant brains under that tiny propeller hat sitting like at the very middle of it. Cuz it's ridiculous. Like I he was Oh, he he was like a, a criminal mastermind that didn't have the balls to be a criminal. <laughs> and th- yeah. Uh, let, uh, one more quick thing about his uh his, you know, in- intellectual romps here. Uh, between 2006 and 2010, uh, he worked as a freelance correspondent for a newspaper, uh, the Nitsny no- Novgorod Worker, uh-huh. which I, you know, just a local whatever, uh, and he published articles twice a month. Um, his dad also sometimes wrote for the paper. Uh, his parents were ridiculously intelligent people as well. Um and then 2008, uh, Moskvin wrote an extensive series of articles on the history of the cemeteries in the area that appeared in that same very paper. Wow. So, dude has got a niche. Yeah, and a knows how... Hey, shit, dude, he's had way more writing work than I've ever had. Yeah, you know, he's... Like, I need to look into shit like that. He's kind of... He, he seems to me to be kind of one of those um, uh, hide-in-plain-sight sort of strategists. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, he's also... Uh, I, I didn't get to uh, record our quick talk about uh, this, but I spoke with my, my personal therapist <laughs> about Moskvin just to kind of get a uh, you know an actual person that deals with crazy people to see what she thinks about him. And uh, one, she was shocked into non-belief, which a lot of people are when I told them about this, but... She uh, she went on to explain that, you know, not only since since he didn't kill or harm in any other way any of these girls or he didn't have sex with them, that he wouldn't be a psychopath. He would be a sociopath because, well, there's more difference than this, but just simply uh, a sociopath is a sociopath. A sociopath is a psychopath that doesn't hurt anyone. They still live in their own fantasy world where they don't make their own rules. Rules already exist that they follow, but they're different rules from everybody else. You know what I mean? Like, he's not not thinking to himself, oh, I can do this because he's thinking to himself, this is what I do and what everybody else probably does. We're just not talking about it, I guess. You know? Yeah. Like, those are his predetermined, preset laws and rules that his mind is like, yeah, let's do this now. This sounds like fun. And wow. uh, that's scary. Like, it, how do you... And you'd never know if that switch turned off. You could be living that way right now. Wow. You could be like... Wow. You could, like, be ducked behind a dumpster of an Applebee's, like, whacking it with some old cheeseburgers and, like, just babbling and... You think you're here talking to me? You ever think of that, Chris? Um, well, aside from the fact that my crotch is free of mayo and any kind of dairy product at this time. I mean, as far as you perceive. As far as I can tell, yeah, you're right. You're right. My my perception has been known to be questionable at times. Okay, so 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 then we can reliably say that that is a possibility. I mean, in the realm in the realm of possibilities, I forget which. Who was it? Ah, uh, fuck! I can never remember this when I need to. 
but you know, I'll be like driving down the road by myself, bullshitting and, and listening to something, and it'll pop up the name of the fucking scientist who, um, who was it who said that uh, if it's if if it ain't broke, fix no, it. If, Wait, what? If it's possible. No, sorry. What? what? Fuck. Hang on. I'll be quick. About All right. It. You think you think about that. I'm gonna run through some some shit that he wrote for real quick. So you keep doing that. You keep trying to remember. Okay, so this wingbat wrote for, um, well, of course he regularly regularly wrote for Necrologies, which is a weekly newspaper that publishes obituaries and stories about cemeteries and famous dead people. Uh-huh. He did that for about a year, but he still wrote a lot. Um, and then this is one of the crazier things. This dude wrote dictionaries. He wrote... <laughs> he wrote dictionaries. <laughs> he, he wrote English to Russian and Russian to English dictionaries of the most common words and expressions, which okay. was about 45,000 words. That's insane. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, and then uh, Ang- Anglo-Russian and English, Russian to English, uh, dictionary of foreign words, blah, blah. Like, the dude wrote a bunch of dictionaries. Um, wow. That's, I mean, I guess that's what linguists do though is like what else are you gonna do you're just gonna like talk to people all day? i have I don't no know, idea weird. what linguists do i i i assumed you know what i had no assumption don't even let me lie i have no fucking clue what a linguist does but now that you now say, i assume that they troll cemeteries and write dictionaries i'm i'm gonna go with that yeah yeah, yeah. we'll do that and then uh the the other kind of two uh, big things that he did are not like big things like he didn't like write movies or anything but um, I mean big these are big to some people he translated a book uh, by Will- Wilson T or the book might just be called Wilson T History of the Swastika from Ancient Times to the Present Day equals the swastika the earliest known symbol and its migrations well that was an interesting topic choice. Right, right. And then his, his last one that we have here is, uh, he wrote, uh, well, this is like an essay uh, that he wrote once, is, um, You, a cross without crucifix, the history of the swastika from ancient times to the present day. Huh. So, dude loved his ancient swastikas, which is always a, a good thing. I mean, yeah, technically it is It is supposed to be a very good symbol. It has, it has a lot of mm-hmm. positive... Um, mm-hmm. Origins, uh, which now I do remember the statement I was trying to think of. Anything that can mm-hmm. happen will happen somewhere in the universe at some time. Is that Murphy's law or whatever? Uh, like no, the, I don't think so. Like I think that's like the the anything that can happen that like anything bad that can happen will happen when you least want it to happen or some shit oh no no no, no. this is one that's specific that that's strict that no you're sounded smarter it's actually yeah, talking about the the possibility or, or of, the, the of probability in, that the universe is so vast that it, ha- it well, has it, enough time well, it's and without opportunity end. yeah Right. <clears throat> there, right now you and I are having the same conversation in an infinite amount of rooms and like in some places I'm picking my nose a little more than I am now right. and some places you're scratching your crotch a little more than you are yep. now which people let me tell you how that. great it is to to just sit on Skype with Chris <laughs> since he usually has the phone super crotch level let me just tell you how much fun it is that's why I'm glad it's my topic this week so I can look at my notes I only have certain so, 
you know, amounts of room <laughs> that I can play with. And, you know, nuts itch when they itch. You got to do what you got to do. And with that beautiful, beautiful segue, we're going to go into this guy's motive. Yes, right. <laughs> so, it, he had stated that, uh, like, he felt super sympathetic for all the dead kids. Or, I mean, I guess, specifically for the dead girls. Um, and, like, he completely believed that they could be brought back to life at some point. Like, through uh, science or black magic. Which is like a a really weird two things to like believe in but like the weirder thing about it is is that he knew it couldn't happen now but he was like you know I'm sure like any day now like one of those two things is going to be able to bring kids back to life so he that is an interesting concept yeah and you said he did have some kind of dealings in the occult itself it, he he had a he had a fascination with it like he okay I, I couldn't find anything saying that he practiced any kind of so he probably just had a bunch of books yeah pre, yeah probably he you know it, somebody okay. with a head like that is a voracious reader so I mean sure. you, you know he, the sixty thousand books or whatever and there is video of the uh, the police raid on his house where you can see these uh, these little girl dolls and uh, yeah it's it's just this tiny cramped apartment that's wall to wall books magazines papers clutter all over the floor and dead girl dolls so that's super mm. super super neat but um cozy yeah exactly so uh, his reasoning for like quote unquote my quote dolling up the girls. Um, ah. ah, right? So, uh, I see what you did there. His reasoning was because, um, like, when they for sure eventually, uh, you know, came back to life, uh, he didn't want them to, like, feel bad about their bodies because they were decayed and ugly, you know? Like, he, okay. yeah, so, like, he wanted them to be pretty and comfortable and happy. So, like, he's a very sympathetic kind of guy. I, I can dig that. Yeah, I mean, I kind of, I guess. I mean, no, no, fuck him. No, he stole somebody's really? daughter out the ground and kept her in, in his apartment and, like, threw birthday parties for her. He had no right. He didn't, like, violate her or anything. I guess there was really technically no, no, no victim kidnapping. involved. Kidnapping. He stole my daughter. Plain and simple. I don't care if she's dead, she's mine. <laughs> All right, get, getting off of this point because I, the dude is sympathetic. He really is because he was crazy. Like if he was just like like a maniacal asshole that did this for like the kicks, it'd be different. But like this dude, I mean, like like you just said, he really he did have. I don't know if he had the girl's best interest at heart. I can, I don't know if I can if I can say that with a, a clear conscience, but he. He certainly didn't wish harm for them, or for them to be unhappy. Mm-hmm. So I'll say that. Yeah. <clears throat> but I've... here's a, a pretty interesting thing here. Um, Moskvin claims to have been aware that he was committing a crime. Um, but he felt that the dead children were calling out to him and just begging him to be rescued from the ground. Um, he believed wow. that rescuing the children was much more important than obeying the law. Which, I mean, yes, if the kids were still alive, and, like, if these kids were buried alive and it was a crime to dig them up, like, you know, break the law. Dig them up. So... Sure. You know, just get it done however you you need to. 
But um, so um, when he found obituaries that like spoke to him, like he would you know search the obituaries all the time, and uh, he would find some that were like, hey, this kid you know needs to be rescued. Uh, he would go try and find that kid to dig him up. Um, he he did all this, and he he only dug up little girls because he always wanted a kid and uh i mean never having sex kind of puts a damper on having a kid so wow right and he always wanted a little girl so he got little girls you know i mean um wow he he says that he he always uh regretted that he never had kids and uh at one point he tried to adopt a young girl against the wishes of his parents like his parents are like no you probably shouldn't own a child you probably shouldn't right um but thankfully his application was declined uh due to his low income which you know i mean that's sad maybe he wouldn't have done what he did if he could have gotten a kid but also don't you don't put a kid with a guy that is willing and able to dig yeah anyway um he Uh. he completely flat out denied any sexual attraction whatsoever to the dolls um huh? and he says that he That's reassuring. Yeah, it it is if he's telling the truth. I mean, n- who knows? No one knows. But him. And he's crazy. So how, you know, I don't know. Um but I mean, I imagine they could figure it out. Probably. I, I guess. Mean, well, well, no. Uh, I mean, maybe not. he doesn't have to have sex with them to do sexual things with them. You know what I mean? That's true. Which I don't want to think too much on that because I'm already no. starting to weep a little bit. Um I gotta go to bed soon. You're gonna give me weird dreams. Indeed, That's not cool. Um, he he considered all of them to be his children. Um, he, they're all gonna have your mohawk. I don't I don't want it. It'd be cute. It'd be cute, man. I think it'd be cute. Um, <laughs> he would talk to he would talk to and interact with with the the dead bodies. He would like sing with them and watch cartoons with them. And like I said before, he would throw birthday parties for them and celebrate holidays for their benefit. Um, in wow, a post-arrest interview, yeah, no, it, it, he's it's crazy. In a in an interview after his arrest, uh, he explained that since, well, as an expert on Celtic culture, uh, he had learned that the ancient druids slept on graves in order to communicate with the spirits of their dead. Um, he had also studied the culture of the peoples of Siberia, and in particular, the culture of the ancient Yak- uh, Yakuts. Y-A-K-U-T-S, Yakuts, and discovered they had a similar practice for communicating with the dead. Um, so he began huh. searching for, for obituaries of the kids that spoke to him, you know? Um, That's as, awesome. Yeah. Uh, so as he grew older, uh, it it became, like, painful for him to sleep on the graves. So he began bringing the bodies home where he could be more comfortable and sleep near them, you know, in bed. Sure, um, sure. Yeah, and, and, and that way he, he hoped that the spirits would be, you know, a little more willing to talk to him in, you know, like a safe, welcoming home. You know, there's no pressure, even though he stole them against their will from, from the ground. Um, you know, and it might be just that much easier for him to hear um, when, you know... You know they're 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 feeling more relaxed. You know, I mean, I, I mean, I, it, I, God, dude, if I if I was his neighbor and I knew he was doing that shit every single night, I'd be against the wall going, "Bury me, put me back in the ground." Like, 
I would have screwed with him so fucking hard. Oh, man, it would have been fun. I'm so at a loss for words here. I mean, <sighs> I know I know that he, psychology is such a wide... You know, the brain is so complex. Yeah. And there's so many things that could happen. And, and you know, I don't want to say go wrong, because there's a lot of things that are abnormalities that, that don't result in stuff like this or worse you know what i mean right. but 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 you know as far as the brain as far as science as far as the universe is concerned there is no right and wrong it's a it's a made-up construct by humans correct so it's something that happens and apparently of all the stories we've heard and all the all the shit we've you know Apparently, anything could happen, and it could turn you into anything. Yeah, man. And you could then wake up one day, or some shit, get a knock in the nugget, or so. Actually, you know what? That is a good question. Did was there anything in his backstory about nope. any kind of head trauma? No, nothing. Not a thing that I could find. They, wow. if if there okay. were, uh, no one in all of Russia thought that it was pertinent information. Because I could, because right. believe me, I dug for that specific thing. I was like, this dude had to have fallen off a roof, or like a kid hit him with a big rock, or just car accident. Dad or ran him over, and yeah, something had to have happened to this dude's noggin, but nothing, nothing as as far as I could find, nothing. I mean, we will get a little bit more into okay. what his uh, his mental shit was specifically but i mean as far as i can tell it didn't come from trauma so that's that's weird but um so that's you know that's his mo his mo is he wants to talk to little dead girls so he dug it was you know a family man like you know like you know if if they say that like you know uh you know two you know three's a crowd whatever man well then fucking 26 is a party you know like he wanted, like, he, like he wanted, God. like if he was gonna do a family and he it was under his rules, man. Wouldn't you want to have tw- no, no, you wouldn't want to have twenty six dead little girls in your house, Chris, ever. Well, they're not eating, they're not pooping, they're not asking for new shoes, and I don't, I don't know, fucking hairbrush. What the fuck? I don't know. I don't. They're I don't certainly have a taking up either. space, and then. If, they're damn sure taking up fucking space. And then if you have 26 of them in there and, and you already think they're talking to you, teenage girls already never shut up. Now you just got oh 26 dead ones screaming about being in hell and pain and torture all the time. And I mean, Well, at least they're not fighting for the phone. True. And talking about cute boys. That's very true because he could annoying. not afford a phone. All right, man. So now we're going to get into... Um, Muskvin's uh, arrest and like the uh, the like the criminal proceedings that happened afterwards. Like what? Where this dude's at now, and and what happened to him, and how he did what he did. Really, like we're gonna get into the specifics now. So if you are Beautiful. squeamish, um, I don't know. Like this isn't like you know, like blood and guts and shit. But it's kind of it's. I mean, not even kind of. It's fucked up. So, I mean, listen at your own risk here, really. But um, he was arrested on uh, November second, two thousand eleven, uh, by the police that because the cops were investigating uh, just like a, a big series of grave desecrations. 
Um, November 2nd is actually the Mexican Day of the Dead, by the way. Yes, indeed. Oh, how much better yeah, could that muertos. possibly be? That is awesome. Um, yeah, it is. So, like, they they were investigating uh, grave desecrations, like, all over Nitzny. Um The investigators were from the Center for Combating Extremism. Uh, they discovered huh. 26 bodies, uh, initially reported as 29, um, in his flat when, when they got there. Um, well, in his flat and garage, so I guess... And see, that's screwed up. He, he, that tells me that he didn't really treat them like <clears throat> they were his daughters and kids and shit if he was mm-hmm. storing some in his garage. Like, mm-hmm. that bothers me more than him keeping them in his house. Um, and then, like like I said before, there's, there was a video that uh, was released by the police, and, uh, I mean, there's bodies seated on shelves, uh, like lounging on the sofa and, I saw and that. there's just these tiny rooms just full of books and papers and and trash everywhere um the video honestly the video threw me off a little bit because when you initially had told me that you were going to be doing this story you know uh like, like we had told the listeners before uh, whoever is basically the, hosting the show the other one doesn't do any research on mm-hmm. this topic so when you had mentioned it, it was just really quickly and just a quick overview. So I, it, the whole time I'm picturing in my head like full-grown women, right, you know, right. like some of some of the other the crazy fuckers we're gonna get into. Uh, I'm picturing full-grown women, and and when I saw this video, uh, they're of all sizes. So yeah. I wasn't sure which ones were the dolls and which ones. Right, right, right. Well, that that was dolls, that was the thing um, with who he took is that uh, they ranged from age three to thirteen. So you oh, wow. had toddlers three. there, and all the way up to young teenagers there. Because um, yeah, I mean, some of them just straight looked like dolls. I mean, he painted these creepy ass faces on them and everything. And it's, I mean, check out the video. It's, I mean, they're all wrapped up and shit. Like, you can't see body, but you know that there's a little dead girl body in there, you know? So it's it's certainly morbid. That's so wacky. But, but yeah, so um, I love this sentence, and I, I copied it verbatim because I loved it so much. Although only 26 bodies were discovered in his home. I'll read that again. Although only 26 <laughs> bodies were discovered in his home. Oh, my God. As opposed to... It's like it's call, it's like calling him a pussy. Like, I can't believe this dude only has got 26 bodies in here. You could easily fit 40. Oh, man. Oh, that bothered me so much. Oh, man. I mean, it kind of makes me wonder how many more interesting people from Russia were going to uncover oh, in dude, our research. I have uh, one locked and loaded and he's got the highest body count of any person that's ever killed anybody in the history of anybody. So Holy wow. Yeah, Russians do shit turned up to 11. They are spinal tap aficionados. <laughs> so, um even though he had 26 bodies in his home, uh he was suspected of desecrating as many as 150 graves. But it doesn't necessarily mean that he, like, dug up 150 little girls or anything. Um, Like, the cops found, like, a bunch of, uh, like, grave accoutrement. Like, um, 
metal nameplates removed from headstones and shit like that, you know? So Wow. Like, it, it, he just messed with a whole bunch of shit, and that's really where his crime was, was desecrating graves. But uh, they found his instructions for making the dolls, um, as well as maps of cemeteries in the region and a bunch of photographs and videos depicting open graves and uh, disinterred bodies, you know, dug-up bodies. Um, wow. Although none of the pictures or videos that he had could be connected to any of the bodies found in his apartment. But, I mean, that doesn't really mean anything. I don't know. It could just be pictures and videos. It could be pictures and videos he took of That's people that he dug up before. Exactly. It's just... It's like, oh, the bodies in your apartment? Oh, and these two? Huh. That's, and these two? Yeah, that's super kind of like paraphernalia. Yeah, exactly. You know? Exactly. Um, this, this pipe is for tobacco use only, but, but it's promise. got weed resin in it. That's right. Well, oh, well, I don't know how that got there. <laughs> that, that shouldn't I mean, be in there. Oh, Jesus. So, um, the the bodies were uh, taken from cemeteries, uh, you know, in the, the Nitsni Novgorod region, um, as well as a few uh, cemeteries in Moscow and some of the surrounding areas of Moscow. Um, wow. He and and he walked to do all this. Yeah, as far as as <laughs> far as fuck? I can tell, this dude like must have had calves of steel, man. Because who doesn't notice a guy walking down the street with a dead girl? I I don't know, man. Like they do drink a lot of vodka. And, they do drink and just a like lot. like over the counter like table polish and like I'm not gonna get into super detail. I mean it's but, cold up there. Yeah, but, you know. I mean you do crazy things to keep warm. I get it, you know. But wow. those things also screw with your perception of fifty year old dude walking down the highway with a dead girl slung over his back. I mean, um, I had an ex girlfriend from Ohio, and she said, you know, there's not a whole lot to do up there but get drunk and like do stupid shit in a truck but they never mentioned picking dead right. girls up out right. of the cemetery so, so there's got to be more to do in ohio <laughs> i suppose so <laughs> um so uh, um another kind of weird thing is that he completely 100 percent cooperated with the police um yeah after he's not a fighter no no not at all he's like he's a nurturer he's like you got me <laughs> you got me. I did it. You got me. He's a nurturer. And probably somebody who would have been great just as a part-time grave digger. Yeah. Like, you know? he could have got his, his, you know, his kicks. He could have got his rocks off every day. You know, He's obviously a, good at it. A yeah. different girl every day. You get a different conversation every day. Throw a party every day. You know, who who the hell cares? Just don't bring him home, man. Don't um, bring him home. So, after exhuming uh, the corpses from their graves... Uh, he researched mummification theories and techniques from books um, so he could preserve the bodies so that they wouldn't just be, you know, mushy skeletons when they somehow magically came back to life. Because that's another wow. thing is all I really read was that he was pretty sure that science or black magic could do it. But I didn't read one single solitary sentence about he was researching how to do it. No, it's just like somebody else to take care of that. I'm cool with the dead ones right now, you know. It's crazy. Oh, so, okay. so <clears throat> when you said mummification, now it makes me okay. Uh, now I understand why I didn't see any faces on any of those girls. Right, they're completely <clears throat> wrapped. Um, and this is how he did it. Um, 
He dried the corpses using a combination of salt and baking soda, and then um, he cached the bodies in a secure and dry place in and around cemeteries. So he would often do more than one um, at a time, and he mm. would just like find the the driest, uh, coolest place that you know isn't going to be seen around mm. the cemetery, and throw the bodies in there with a ton of salt and a bunch of baking soda, and then just wow. let them you know dry dry out. Um, so it, and it, this answers our question there is once the bodies were dried, he carried the bodies back to his home where he used various methods to make dolls of the corpses. Uh, who didn't see him walking into the fucking cemetery with Dude. a shit ton of salt and bacon? So what I the don't fuck know, man. is going on in Russia I besides know, man. UFOs and vodka and God Dude, damn. I don't know, but it's it's depressing as shit. It's crazy. <sighs> this this is blowing my mind. Of anybody else we'll talk about, they didn't do their shit just on foot. They at least mm-hmm. had a car. Yeah, or yeah absolutely. Something. But this dude couldn't afford a car. <laughs> but like, yeah. the axe man didn't really have a car. Or they never mentioned if he right, did or right, not. Right, right, right. He probably still. at least had a bike or something. I don't know. He, he at least probably didn't walk everywhere. Let's just say that. But, okay, so, uh, Muskvin was, like, he couldn't prevent the bodies from, like, withering and shrinking like raisins, you know, because he's, he's drying them. He's making jerky out of them, basically. Um, so that's why he would wrap up all the limbs and stuff in strips of cloth, so it would provide a fullness, um, or he would, like, stuff the bodies with rags and padding, sometimes adding wax max, wax, wax masks decorated so with nail he, polish over their faces before dressing them in brightly colored children's clothes and wigs. Those are the ones the with the one faces you that you see in the video. The ones that's that are the staring one, yeah. right deep into your soul, right from that yeah. YouTube video. That's the one. God damn you, little girl. Okay. Oh, it's so weird. It's so weird. So <sighs> so that means then that, that he did most definitely, that, that he did definitely uh, um, study the Egyptian methods and... Oh, yeah. <clears throat> Uh, it, so and he, it, it didn't say that he, like, it didn't say he removed the organs, just that he super dried them out and... How, how else could you stuff them? I mean, I don't know. I mean, the organs are the know. first things to rot, and if they're inside well, I mean, I, I and guess, warmed I mean, and I, all of the... I guess, like, a, a, a normal coroner would, I mean, they would take out the organs before burial, right? Oh, yeah, you know what? I didn't even think about that. Well, I, you know what I think? Uh, I would I, well, think at least so, yeah. in America, um, is that when you, uh, you know, you're getting ready for your funeral, uh, they put all of your uh, innards in, like, a big bag and, like, sew it back up inside you. And, uh, just and like bury a turkey. It. Yeah, like, yeah, just like a turkey. You're right. <laughs> No difference at all. Exactly like a turkey, Chris. (laughs) The dumb beetles can have, you know, the the gizzards if they want them. That's right. That's right. That's right. So, you know, I mean. (laughs) That's horrific. It's it's bad. It's not good. It's it's certainly not good. they at least make sure that you're wearing clean undies for the journey? I mean, I'm going to request not. I'm going bottomless. I'm porky pigging it to death, man. I mean, I don't generally wear undies underneath my swimsuit, so if if we're going swimming in the Sanzu River or the Sticks or the Acheron, I I don't care. Let's let's just fucking do it. I want to get a a, a 
you know, the funnel, uh, not the funnel, the inner tube. Yeah. You, you know what I mean? You just want to we'll, go tubing down it, huh? You yeah, just bring, we'll bring like a six pack chest. of beer that you can like drag behind you in the water so it stays nice and cold. I get That's it. That's what I'm talking about. I'm down. I'm down. I'm down. But uh, so like the the way he did all this crap, like I said, is because they were getting all withered and and raisiny. Um, it like it made the bodies appear to be large homemade dolls, and that's why they went so long without being discovered as bodies. Um, that's so, so creepy. Here's another really goddamn it sad thing. It's it was unclear if each doll contained a full set of human remains or not. Um, what? Now? Yeah, and this is priceless. He claimed that he made the dolls over the course of ten years. His parents. Whoa! It, that, now this is this is like I mean I'm sure I could have actually like researched his parents because they were like famous smart people too, but I mean this was enough for me right here to get their entire story. His parents, uh-huh. who were away for large portions of the year, were unaware of his activities. I bet they were. That's like the kid that you knew in high school that was like 16 but had his own apartment because like his dad had just, like his dad was like a roadie for a local band and like he hooked up with like this hot chick and he was living with her now and he was uh-huh. like, oh man, I'll, you know, just as long as uh, you keep the, the fridge full of beer, you, the apartment yours, you know, ha ha ha. And then that kid like died of an OD like four days later. Oh, yeah. so sad. So his parents were just basically like, you're, you're, smart people who had done enough with themselves that they could vacation like fucking snowbirds and leave mm. their weird creepy goddamn son See, at the house. I don't think that's do what whatever. it was either. Like I don't think it was they they were and and I mean you don't I know you don't even have to really be like wealthy to do that in your old age, but I think it was more they were off on like it, this is my assumption is that they were off on, like, speaking tours or something. Like, like they were off being smart oh, okay. people that people wanted like to hear. Seminar. Yeah. <clears throat> and so they were off doing that shit, and he was, you know, home home alone, building traps for, you know, the wet bandits and shit. So, Fucking A, man. All right, so here's where we get, you know, to, to pry inside that, uh, that, you know, thick cranium of his. Um, Please, so let's a- do that. After a psychiatric evaluation... Uh, it was determined that he suffered from uh, a form of paranoid schizophrenia, which mm-hmm. is, isn't really, you know, super surprising at all. But um, let's, uh, let's keep on. All right. Uh, in a hearing on May 25th, 2012, the, Len- the Leninsky District Court of Nitsny deemed Moskvin unfit to stand trial. So that completely released him from his criminal liability. He was instead sentenced to... Um, to receive just medical measures, which uh, means that he basically went to a hospital. Um, He was removed to a psychiatric clinic uh, with his stay to be reviewed regularly. Uh, In February 2013, a hearing approved his extension, or approved an extension for his treatment. So he, you know, he could have gotten out uh, a long time ago, um, but it was extended in 2013 again in 2014 and do they it, give a reason why it's extended or, or yeah, they because he's fucking crazy is why well well <laughs> yeah but but i mean like is is there, is there something that he is like is he attacking people no no he's just or, i mean well here we go like, like no, so this, this guy's not gonna get fixed ever. well basically i mean i think I, as far as I can tell, they're waiting until he would be able to stand trial. 
um, which doesn't really sound like he was, you know, released from criminal liability if they, because, well, all right, I got like four, four sentences left. So <laughs> he was, you know, he was denied 2013 for, uh, his shit uh well they extended his treatment 2013 and 2014 and yet again in july of 2015 um, wow but back in 2014 a spokesman said after three years of monitoring him in a psychi- in a psychiatric clinic it's absolutely clear that moskvin is not mentally fit for trial he will therefore be kept for psychiatric treatment at the clinic as of 2016 every request for the extension of moskvin's treatment has been approved so the doctors there are like, this dude has got to stay. And the, the courts are like, yes, please. Thank you. Yeah. And, and that is that man, like that was a, that was a trip, but that, that was. that's the story of Anatoly Yurovich Moskvin, who was better known as the Nitsny Novgorod necropolist. The Necropolist. Yep. That that is such a badass hardcore metal name. <laughs> well, I mean, it, you have to do a lot to to earn that name, I guess. You know, if that oh, were twenty six, a lot. Yeah, yeah that's man, fuck, man. I get winded like like walking to my car. Could you imagine walking to a cemetery, digging up four girls, drying them all, and then dragging them back to your house a few days later? Dude, I don't want to carry Ugh. a thing of cat litter across the street from the truck place I got to park at to the to get to the Walmart. I got to go over there on foot. I'm not carrying a case of water or a fucking thing of cat litter. Hell no, I'm not carrying a dead body. I don't know what. How in the fuck? It blows my mind. Okay, I I I get it. He's not he's not a violent criminal. Mm-hmm. He didn't hurt anybody. He didn't stalk anybody. Right. He did, he he was actually very productive member of uh, of his of weird society yeah scientific uh, uh or linguistic community and right yeah man that that's all super impressive but it just it it blows my mind how nobody found any of these other actions 10 years chris 10 years that's insane making dolls out of people not people. Sorry. Sorry, not people. Making dolls out of little girls for 10 years before he was caught. But, like you said, there's... I mean, I don't even know if you could really call it a bright side that he didn't kill the girls because... I mean, he didn't kill, I would. He didn't kill the girls. But I would. I would totally call it a bright side. I, I, there's no technical victim here other than the families of... Well, that's technically a victim. <laughs> it is, but it's not. It's not. I hear, it's, like it's he's like, not causing you know, physical like agony, distress, pain to to like yeah. a, a, an alive person that's going to be traumatized forever, kind of deal. Yeah, uh, yeah. They're, I, they're I mean, just I hear that. About I guess. It. Not, but you know. still, this dude, like, I forget where I originally heard of him from, but it's and, and I brought this topic up to you like right after we had started the podcast and I'm like dude mm-hmm. I've got to do an episode about the doll man of uh, and like but actually going through all the research and shit now like I don't feel better about it <laughs> <laughs> like I, I feel 
like I don't feel dirty, but I feel weird, man. Like like I don't feel like I wish I, there was more. I, I feel a little bit. I, I I do wish there were there were more like uh, real like I wish there were more minutia about the act like the 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 individual kids that he dug up. It's like I want to know their stories too, but um. There was nothing on the girls that he dug up. Like, I mean, I'm more, I'm more curious on the, on the, the his occult dealings and and why he was so convinced. I mean, okay, you could say paranoid schizophrenic, but <clears throat> you I believe know, I did. The, yeah, yeah, but at the same time, I mean, that that's 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 kind of a serious thing. Like, you you don't just pick up a book one day and go, oh yeah, that must be true. I mean. To have over thirty thousand books, like you probably have more than one on this subject, and mm-hmm. you know the, it takes some 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 effort yeah. to really oh, buy uh, he, into. It was an obsession for sure. I mean, but it wasn't just an an, an obsession with the occult. I think I think his it, I don't know, man. Like I don't even translate it as an obsession with the occult. I almost think he saw he he saw that as an excuse to be able to to do what his crazy mind wanted to do you know what i mean like he okay. he 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 saw that and he said oh that yeah maybe they could be okay yeah i can dig up bodies now maybe i'm 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 simplifying it way too much but i mean on the other hand uh, schizophrenia or maybe maybe you think it was like a domino effect maybe. that like just before the schizophrenia set in, or, or years before the schizophrenia set in, he had a fascination with, you know, the. Well, I mean, you, like like you said, he was writing articles monthly for that necro something. Yeah, um, uh, but I mean that, that publication that didn't have anything to do with the occult, though. That was just like factual, actual shit about graveyards and famous no, people right. that were so, buried so there. He but had, he did have this fascination just with the dead. But right. as far as the the like the occult angle goes, I, like I I don't know, man. Like I don't get the feeling that he like I almost want to say I don't think he I don't think he believed it at all. But I'm the thinking rest, maybe it was the domino effect. Yeah, yeah. Like like before before the schizophrenia really set in, he was just okay and cool with graveyards. But once it really started setting in i think at at some point he found a book maybe two books on the occult right, and right, and right, right. you know and that was just kind of clicked and oh okay well mm-hmm. let's follow it from there and you know right and then with 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 a mental illness something that would just be a footnote and a huh isn't that neat could be a shove in a new direction for exactly and it's just right. a bounce and bounce and bounce like off of the the pool bumpers and you right. know what i mean it, it and it makes perfect sense though that that he wasn't if he wasn't a true occult practitioner mm-hmm. you know what i mean that why why would that even be relevant in the story but Very it, it makes sense that it was yeah because it was it was such he had such an eclectic not not just an eclectic mix of of knowledge but like he you know he took some of this from the egyptians and and some of this from the dark arts and then he was really super scientific over here and super analytical over here and you know so he had like he had all these things going on and it was just this this crazy messed up tornado of of 
confusion, but mm-hmm. but completely rational to him. You know what I mean? It was yeah. just this big thing where it was this grab bag of of really things that completely uh, don't associate with each other at all. It's like uh, you know, oil and water is science and black magic, but he at the same time had faith in both of them to to come through with what he needed you know so yeah it's weird i'm picturing i'm picturing like this pool of black weird goo and every time you throw a new book into it it just like takes on a little bit of that so like i wonder i wonder if you'd have like let him go and like throw an alchemy book into the mix (laughs) And see if he would have actually accidentally happened on just the right fucking recipe oh, for a homunculus. He'd have just started drinking mercury. He'd have just died <laughs> sooner. Oh man! But yeah, we are we are now starting to run super duper long. But I mean, goddamn, that was a that was that was that was awesome. serious. Like that That's was a really cool story. Yeah, like I got really into that in in a, a sad mean, way exciting way i can't but say i'm not impressed by the guy kind of a sad like damn man kind of way you know but it's it's a super interesting story and it happened just so so not that long ago yeah. it was six years ago this dude had 26 girls in his apartment before the police found him and um yeah it's just crazy but i know that you know you had a long day at work and you got to go to bed and you got stuff you got to do so I think now would probably be a good time for me to ask you, give me like a quick uh, two, three sentence summary, man. Like, what'd you learn about fucking Anatoly here? I learned that apparently what I discovered as a teenager really is true. And I've based little pieces of what I am off of this. It's the nonchalant, man. If you don't look like you're doing anything wrong, people just think you're weird sometimes. They just think you're whatever and you're not doing anything wrong. But it's the second Mm -hmm. that you look like a suspicious fuck, everybody's red flags, antennas, and fucking bullshit radars go up. So... Man, you can carry tons of salt and fucking bacon soda, (laughs) and just like yeah, this is that to the the nth degree. You can sleep on grave sites that that don't belong to you anytime you want, (laughs) and drink puddles and bathe like the birds and all of that. Just don't look like a suspicious fuck, and have some kind of like like professional background, and people will generally leave you you alone in the first place for like five six years of schooling just to be a creep in a graveyard dude you are set for life i mean if you have some kind of credential to show somebody generally they leave you the fuck alone anyway because clearly you're a determined smart person and you're a fucking exact asset to society in some form or fashion so mm-hmm. you know be smart stay in school try not That's to right. take bodies home from the graveyard yeah just promise us that just promise us that you will try not to steal bodies from graves and sleep with them at home and talk to them and throw them birthday parties and dress them up in pretty dresses and paint faces on of the, wax of the three masks. things I just suggested, I think yeah, that that's the most important. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh man! Well, all right. So 
So uh, where can people email us if they have questions, answers, corrections, or rants, or like just like virtual kicks in the nuts for us? Uh, well, as per usual, that would be see no, hear no, speak no pod at gmail.com. And, uh, you are correct, sir. Hit us up, please. Yeah. It'll be fun. Yeah, yeah. And shit, man, you just listened to another goddamn terrifying, draining episode of See No, Hear No, Speak No. UFOs, conspiracies, and, well, I guess this wasn't really murders, but murders. And grave robbings and parties. And sorry about the fat kitty noise in the background, you know. Oh, man, everybody loves kitties. I'm a roller All right, apartment. bye, everybody! Later. I was crying on a Saturday night. And I was cruising without you. They were playing our song. Crying on a Saturday night. Crying. Oh. Saturday night